MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, April 23rd, 2021. Take a deep breath. Today, the Capitol Police are under investigation for ordering officers to go only after anti-Trump protesters during the insurrection. The former guy awarded a $1.3 billion contract to make vaccine syringes, but nothing was delivered. Another Proud Boy is arrested and charged with conspiracy. Dems call on Amy Coney Barrett to recuse herself from a SCOTUS case. The House passes the D.C. statehood bill. The Senate passes the COVID-19 Hate Crimes Act 94-1 with only Josh Hawley voting no. We have another Inspector General report suppressed by the former guy. The New York State Legislature passed a bill restoring voting rights to felons. Sanders and Jayapal have introduced legislation to make college free for most Americans. Progressives will air a rebuttal to Biden's address to Congress next week. Hearings begin for Biden's three nominees to the Postal Board of Governors. Manhattan will stop prosecuting prostitution. Biden is set to declare the atrocities against Armenians a genocide. And Senate Republicans outline their own infrastructure plan. I'm your host, A.G. Whew. I am out of breath just reading the headlines for today. This is the busiest news day I've seen in months, y'all. So thanks to everyone also who joined us for our live AMA on stereo uh, last night. You can join us every Thursday um, with uh, with Dana and every Tuesday with Andrew. Both are at 5 Pacific, 8 Eastern time on the stereo app. Just go to stereo.com slash Allison Gill and you can uh, set up your free little icon and it's really fun and it's a free app. So do it. Patrons, you have your own happy hour Fridays at 4 Pacific time. To become a patron, just head to patreon.com slash thedailybeans. And for as little as $36 a year, you get all these episodes ad-free and early the night before they're available to the public. And that's pretty much as soon as we're done editing. So as you heard at the top of the show, we have a lot of news to get to. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, everybody, the lead story today is about the insurrection investigation. It comes from Politico, and joining me to discuss is the Politico congressional reporter, Kyle Cheney. Kyle, welcome to The Daily Beans. Great to be here. It's really good to talk to you. Uh, thank you for making some time for us today. Uh, so tell us a little bit about how this came to light. This was something I think that Zoe Lofgren brought up in a hearing with the Capitol Police Inspector General. Am I correct? Yes, that's right. And, and we've known for some time now that about three dozen Capitol Police officers are under investigation or were investigated for things that they did on January 6th. And that was the extent of what we knew. There's been no updates since. Um, and we've been asking, but the Capitol Police never tells us anything. So um, we've been waiting for some sort of insight on that. And we finally got it when Rep. Lofgren, the chairwoman of the House Administration Committee, uh, raised it sort of out of the blue uh, in the closing moments of this hearing with the inspector general. She said, have you seen these uh, internal investigation reports? And he said, no, I haven't. They're not done yet. And she said, well, what if I told you that one of them revealed that there was a radio communication given on January 6th uh, in which a, a commanding officer instructed others in the field to be on the lookout only for anti-Trump uh, forces or activists and not pro-Trump. And he said, you know, he'd review it later, but, but, 
the fact is she, she sort of let the genie out of the bottle with that because that's the first insight we've gotten at all into what might have been in these reports. Yeah, because uh, this kind of came on the heels, this hearing. Uh, we, we sort of got the opening statement and, and uh, a look at the report, I think, through the Washington Post ahead of time mm-hmm. with uh, certain things that the leadership and the Capitol Police were telling Capitol Police not to do, to stand down or mm-hmm. uh, this... Uh, there was some unit that was, you know, told not to respond. I mean, there was a bunch that came out in this report, and she's just sort of brought this up at the end real quick that wasn't, we didn't know anything about it. Yeah, I mean, and the report was more about, like, a, a structural failure that the, this unit, the riot control unit, was just not not geared for this uh, event. They weren't properly trained. They didn't have the right orders. They were told not to use certain equipment. That was more, you know, inside baseball stuff with how they were just disorganized. This is uh, this put it more squarely in the realm of the political, um, at least from Lofgren's perspective, that that there may have been an order specifically not to pursue anti-Trump or excuse me, pro-Trump people who, as we now know, and maybe they should have known at the time, given the intelligence, were the, you know really where the threat of violence came from that day. All right. Because sort of the big news that came out from that report that we sort of got a preview of before that hearing was that the Capitol Police Intelligence Unit knew of this and warned of it. Uh, and, and nothing was, uh, no things were taken. We heard about shields being locked in a bus and the, the, they couldn't get into the bus. And then some of the shields were not stored in climate controlled areas. And so they shattered upon impact, just all sorts of, and then this whole sort of feeling of morale uh, kind of that, you know, or right, uh, exactly, or the opposite of morale that was going on in the Capitol Police. But the, the Capitol Police have now responded. Uh, there's a little bit of pushback uh, against what Zoe Lofgren said, saying that she took it out of context. Can you explain a little bit about their pushback here? Yeah. So so the department said, look, there was a radio communication. Here's what it is. And they gave us the verbatim radio communication. And basically what it said was, there's going to be a large presence of pro-Trump protesters at the Capitol. Be on the lookout for anti-Trump forces who, you know, might mix in with them. Um, and that was the extent of it. Now, what they say, what the Capitol Police says is the fuller context is that, well, in previous protests, November and December, that's where the violence was. It was when the anti-Trump forces mixed with the pro-Trump, that's where you saw violence on the streets. And so there was not a, an order to not pursue pro-Trump people. It was just be on the lookout for these potential hotspots of violence. And we got additional pushback from Zoe Lofgren's people after we told them about this. And, and they said, well, that's the problem. This was not a no- the November and December protests. Like they should have known that the intelligence was clear. Congress was the target on January 6th, not these sort of skirmishes in the street. So even if the Capitol Police's representation is correct, it doesn't absolve them of focusing on on the wrong thing in their view. Yeah, and and again from that report from and from the testimony, we know that the Capitol Police Intelligence Unit, their own intelligence unit, said that Congress is the target. Um, it could be the target of this, and there was violent uh, 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 protesters, potential violent protesters, uh, because of you know who believe that there was election fraud based on the on the big lie. So I think that that's sort of doesn't really jive with what they're saying. Plus, you know, we saw the video. We saw 
uh, some, not all, Capitol Police letting people in, taking selfies with folks. So, I mean, you know, are we back to the bad apple argument? I mean, <laughs> well, and that's the tricky thing here is, right, because we've seen so many images of the horrific violence and the Capitol Police officers and and D.C. police officers really fighting for their lives in these outnumbered situations that were just absolutely brutal, like, you know, savage hand to hand stuff. And so there's always a re- reluctance, especially among lawmakers to, you know, call out the bad apple situations because it when you when you juxtapose it with the real heroism that day too um the problem is there are those uh investigations going on and they may tell us something about what went wrong that day and that's why it's so important to to understand that in the appropriate context right because sund uh who uh, i believe at the time was in charge of the capitol police did try to make an emergency declaration with the uh capitol police board of governors and they rejected it because they had to have two other people uh, I guess the House and Senate sergeants at arms make that request as well, who are on who serve on that board, too. And that just didn't happen. Now, there, we know that there's a stall uh, in the uh, sort of in assembling a commission, an insurrection commission like the 9-11 style commission or like the 9-11 commission that came out. And, uh, you know, Pelosi's made some concessions that it should be equal parts. Uh, but uh, I believe the Republicans are saying, no, we also have to look at. Uh, Antifa and Black Lives Matter protests uh, in in the context of this. And so the whole thing has been stalled. And I think that that's really frustrating for a lot of people. Yeah, you know, I think Pelosi has done is she's ignited her own committees, which she actually controls to start investigating things. They've they've put out a broad document request and we have we'll see what the results of that turned that turn out to be. Um, But the uh, you know, so that's the backstop if a commission never gets created. Um, the issue is they want a commission like the 9-11 commission because that's always been viewed as the unimpeachable record of what happened in 9-11 because it's bipartisan. And so, you know, bipartisanship is sometimes overemphasized in the modern climate, but it's also something where if you want broad public buy-in, you don't want people to be able to say after the fact, oh, well, we can't trust their conclusions uh, because of how it was structured. So, yeah, she's trying to make a bipartisan commission and now she's kind of smoked out the Republicans a little bit by giving in, giving ground on the structure. So the only thing left is the scope. And with Republicans wanting Antifa and other elements to be part of that scope, she's saying, well, what does that have to do with with one six? Well, do you know what's stopping the Department of Justice from appointing a special counsel? I mean, that's a little less uh, impeachable than than having just congressional committees who, you know, because the Democrats hold the gavels. I mean, I, why why don't we see that if they if they can't come to an agreement on a commission? I mean, I, I think they would I think they would say the Justice Department would say they're doing the, the prosecutorial work that a special counsel would do anyway. They're they're I mean, that's there's a massive I mean, again, they describe it as the largest and most complex investigation in history across every field office in the country um uh that's pursuing these cases right now uh and so i think so they're more criminal they're right they're criminally focused they're not as focused on you know telling us the narrative of what happened and get working in the politics of it although we get snippets of it here and there um you know and i think that will form the basis of you know that's the other thing the 9-11 commission didn't really get going for more than a year after that attack because they need. They want to let some of the criminal aspects play out. You don't want to step on each other and inter- interfere. So this may be a longer term game uh, to get a commission going, and uh, so you don't interrupt the criminal work. Yeah. Well, we'll see how it, it pans out. But I appreciate your time, congressional reporter for Politico, Kyle Cheney. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me again. Everybody, stick around. We have more headlines right after this quick break. After these. 
messages will be right back. Hey everybody, it's AG for The Beans, and this episode of the podcast is brought to you by American Giant. Sometimes it's important to look to the craftsmanship of the past to help us forge a better future. Bayard Winthrop, who is the CEO and founder of American Giant, grew up with a sweatshirt in his closet from the 50s that his father gave him, and today it's still there, and it looks better than ever. With that durable sweatshirt in mind, American Giant launched with its classic full-zip hoodie as their flagship product, aiming to revive local manufacturing and craft-quality clothing made to last a lifetime so stuff doesn't end up in landfills. With their passion for truly durable clothing, they've crafted what Slate Magazine calls the greatest hoodie ever made, the classic full-zip hoodie. They say, but there is really no comparison between American Giant's hoodie and the competition. It looks better and feels substantially more durable. When you wear this hoodie, you'll wonder why all other clothes aren't made this well. It is 100% American-made with a custom-developed heavyweight cotton fleece, reinforced elbow patches to protect against wear, and a durable double-lined hood and metal hardware. It's all built for a lifetime. When I first tried the classic full-zip, I was so impressed. The amazing feeling of it, the craftsmanship, the side panels provide more mobility, it's got a nice slim fit. It is softer, more comfortable, and more well-made than any I've ever worn, so I definitely agree, it is the greatest hoodie ever made. Get your classic full-zip hoodie at American-Giant.com today, and use promo code DAILYBEANS, all one word, for 15% off your first order. That's 15% off when you use code DAILYBEANS at American-Giant.com. Everybody, welcome back. Federal authorities arrested an upstate New York man Wednesday and charged him with coordinating with two other members of the far-right Proud Boys to break into the U.S. Capitol building on January 6th. That is the latest alleged Capitol rioter to face conspiracy charges. Matthew Green of Syracuse, New York, was arrested by the FBI Wednesday and added uh, to an indictment for conspiracy. So now his name is in this conspiracy charging document. Uh, He's also been charged with obstruction of law enforcement, several other offenses, joining fellow alleged New York-based Proud Boys Dominic Pozzola and William Joseph Pep, both who were arrested and charged in January. You remember Pozzola was the first person to break that window to enter the Capitol. The indictment says Green, Pozzola, and Pep coordinated to stop, delay, or hinder Congress's efforts to certify the election. Green and Pozzola used handheld radios and earpieces during the riot, and all three men stormed the Capitol near the front of a line between police and rioters. And we have another sketchy COVID contract awarded by the former guy. A year after the Connecticut company Appyject was awarded federal loans and contracts worth up to nearly $1.3 billion to supply an essential syringe for the COVID-19 vaccine rollout. No syringes have been made. The syringe hasn't received even the first series of approvals it needs from the FDA before it can be manufactured, and a factory promising 650 jobs remains unbuilt. The company said in a statement to NBC News that it's working with several vaccine pharmaceutical companies to conduct testing and regulatory reviews of the COVID-19 vaccines and the Apiject syringe. However, a spokesperson for Pfizer, one of the vaccine makers, said that even if Apiject syringe got all the necessary approvals from the FDA, it would not have any impact on our output or process. Moderna didn't respond for a request for comment, and Johnson & Johnson declined to comment. According to Appyject, it has packaged for testing purposes two of the vaccines so the vaccine companies can do the tests required before requesting FDA approval to use the syringe with their products. Neither federal regulators nor any of the vaccine makers would confirm any pending approval requests. Appyject didn't provide the names either. 
and from Washington Post with regards to another stymied inspector general investigation. The former Guy administration put up the bureaucratic obstacles that stalled approximately $20 billion in hurricane relief for Puerto Rico and then obstructed an investigation into the holdup. That is according to an inspector general report obtained by The Washington Post. Congress requested the investigation into the delays to recovery aid for Puerto Rico after Hurricanes Irma and Maria in 2017 left residents of the U.S. territory without power and clean water for months. But the report said former Housing and Urban Development Secretary Ben Carson and another former HUD official declined to be interviewed by investigators during the the course of the examination that began in 2019. Access to HUD information was delayed or denied on several occasions. Several former senior administration officials in the Office of Management and Budget refused to provide requested information about decision-making related to Puerto Rico relief funds. Sound familiar? Sound like the Office of Management and Budget refusing to give information about Ukraine aid being blocked by the former guy in the first impeachment? Maybe? Sound familiar? The 46-page report presents an incomplete picture of the political influence of the former guy's White House on delaying disaster relief for Puerto Rico. Still, Inspector General Ray Oliver Davis, appointed by the former guy as the top HUD watchdog, found unprecedented procedural hurdles set by the White House Budget Office, in addition to an extended partial federal government shutdown that also produced delays. While investigators interviewed 20 current and former HUD officials and two Puerto Rico housing officials, they had no access to Ben Carson. Several senior political appointees at HUD withheld answers to questions, and White House Budget Office officials involved in delaying the timing of the aid also refused to cooperate. Remember there was a, no, that was a DOJ official, not a HUD official, but we had somebody else who refused to uh, cooperate with Inspector General uh, of the Department of Justice and quit. So that's just all sorts of refusal to cooperate with Inspectors General. And this is really, really important. Uh, More than a century after the Ottoman Empire's killing of an estimated 1.5 million Armenian civilians... President Biden is preparing to declare that the atrocities were an act of genocide. This is according to officials familiar with an internal debate. The action would signal uh, that the American commitment to human rights outweighs the risk of further fraying the U.S. alliance with Turkey and Erdogan. Mr. Biden is expected to announce the symbolic designation on Saturday. That's the 106th anniversary of the beginning of what historians call a years-long and systematic death march that the predecessors of modern Turkey started during World War I. He would be the first sitting American president to do this. Although Ronald Reagan made a glancing reference to the Armenian genocide in 1981 in a written statement about the Holocaust, and both the House and the Senate have approved measures in 2019 to make its recognition a formal matter of U.S. foreign policy. Uh, 29 other countries at least have taken similar steps, mostly in Europe and the uh, Americas, but also Russia and Syria. Those are Turkey's political adversaries. The legal definition of genocide was not accepted until 1946, and officials and experts said Biden's declaration would not carry any tangible penalties beyond basically humiliating Erdogan and Turkey and tainting its history with an inevitable comparison to the Holocaust. Quote, we stand firmly against attempts to pretend that this intentional organized effort to destroy the Armenian people was anything other than a genocide. That's a bipartisan group of 38 senators who wrote a letter to Biden last month urging him to make the declaration. Quote, you have correctly stated that Armenian diplomacy and foreign policy must be rooted in our values, including uh, respect for universal rights. Those values require us to acknowledge the truth and do what we can to prevent future genocides and other crimes against humanity. 
Biden appears intent on showing that his commitment to human rights, which is kind of a pillar of his foreign policy, is worth any setback that it could cause, you know, between uh, U.S. and Turkey relations. We still have more headlines to get to, everybody. As you can tell from the top of the show, we have a ton of news today. We do have to take a quick break, though, so stick around. We'll be right back. Hang on. Hey, everybody, it's AG for the beans. You know, I've tried a bunch of omega-3 supplements, pretty much all the omega-3 supplements you can think of. And by far, my favorite is iwi. Their secret is algae. It's on a whole different level than plain fish oil. Algae is the original and best omega-3 source. It's where fish and krill get their omega-3 from. With iwi, you skip the middle fish and the nasty fishy taste. You know how oil and water don't mix? Well, that's what happens to fish oil in your body. Iwi's proprietary form of algae leads to 50% more absorption than fish, krill, and other algae oils. This is the world's highest absorption of any source of omega-3. Don't be fooled by fishy imitators. Not all algae is created equal. Iwi's patented formula goes straight to your bloodstream. More absorption, more health benefits. In a clinical study, Iwi cholesterol helped reduce bad cholesterol, that's VLDL cholesterol, by 25% on average in just three months. That is amazing. And on top of it all, Iwi's products are plant-based sustainably sourced and farmed in the United States. Give Iwi a try, and you're going to love it as much as I do. Uh, that's why I've arranged for listeners to get this amazing offer. You can only get here. For a limited time, you can save 30, 30% on your first purchase by going to iwilife.com slash dailybeans and using promo code dailybeans at checkout. And be sure to watch the really cool video that shows how Iwi is better absorbed by our bodies. That's iwilife, I-W-I-L-I-F-E dot com slash dailybeans, promo code dailybeans for 30% off your first purchase iwilife.com slash daily beans promo code daily beans these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration this product is not intended to diagnose treat or cure or prevent any disease all right everybody welcome back we have a ton of stuff to report from both federal and state legislatures congresses state houses state assemblies as well as some municipalities changing policing policies by the way which i love uh let's start with the house the house this is the united states house passed a bill today to make the District of Columbia the 51st state. It is unlikely to make it out of the Senate. Uh, the House vote was along strict party lines. Republicans and former guy administration officials are making idiotic, arg- idiotic arguments like uh, the, the founding fathers never intended D.C. to be a state, uh, even though there are also 37 more states that they did not intend to be states. Uh, Rick Grinnell tweeted, no state should have all the federal jobs. If D.C. becomes a, a state, the federal government must move out of D.C. and disperse itself among the states. Well, Rick, there's 2.1 million federal employees in the country, and only about 8% of them are in D.C., about 240,000 in the metro area alone. Rick Grinnell's old office was in Virginia. Uh, that's, your, that's your director of national intelligence, y'all. The proposed name of the 51st state would still be D.C., but it would stand for the Douglas Commonwealth, named after Frederick Douglass. The House also passed the National Origin-Based Anti-Discrimination for Non-Immigrants Act, or the No-Ban Act, on Wednesday. The bill cleared the House floor by a vote of 218 to 208, backed only by one Republican representative. This bill limits the president's authority to suspend or restrict aliens from entering the U.S. and prohibits religious discrimination in various immigration-related decisions, such as whether to issue an immigrant or non-immigrant visa. The Senate also passed, with overwhelming bipartisan support, an anti-hate crime bill to address the drastic increase of violence and discrimination directed at Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders during the COVID-19 pandemic. It is the COVID-19 Hate Crimes Act, and it cleared the chamber in the Senate uh, with a 94-to-1 vote. 
It would expedite the Justice Department's review of hate crimes and would designate an official at the Department of Justice to oversee the effort. It would also task the department with coordinating with local law enforcement groups and community-based organizations to facilitate and raise awareness about hate crime reporting, including establishing an online hate crime reporting system in multiple languages. The legislation now heads to the Democratic-led House. It's one of the few bills to pass the Senate with support from both Republicans and Democrats, except for that one holdout. Many Democrats expected a legislative fight, but Republicans signaled early their willingness to compromise on the legislation, and senators from both parties have been negotiating for weeks. That one senator, the one senator who voted against it, Josh Hawley. And in other news, Senator Bernie Sanders and Representative uh, Jayapal from, from Washington introduced legislation on Wednesday to make college tuition free for many Americans. This is a policy that would be paid for by a tax on Wall Street. The bill would make community college tuition free for everyone and four-year public colleges tuition free and debt free for students from families making up to $125,000 a year. Democratic Senators Debbie Stabenow and Sherrod Brown and Tammy Baldwin have reintroduced legislation that would give people the option to buy into Medicare starting at age 50 instead of 65. And also today, President Biden's three nominees to the U.S. Postal Service's governing board faced their first big test on Capitol Hill, where a Senate panel on Thursday pressed them to maintain service levels and rein in parts of Postmaster General Louis DeJoy's 10-year plan for the agency. Though Ron Stroman, Anton Hajar, and Amber McReynolds emphasized the need to improve mail reliability, they largely steered clear of discussing DeJoy or the turbulence that has engulfed the agency on his watch during their appearance before the Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee. If the panel advances their nominations to the full Senate, a vote could come within weeks. Their assent, as we have reported, I know a lot of people are saying, big news, you haven't heard this before. We've been talking about this for a while now. Their assent to the Board of Governors would give Democrats a 5-4 majority, and they would give liberals control over the board for the first time since 2016. But that coalition may not be in sync when it comes to DeJoy. Unseating him is a priority for most of us. Uh, or the Postal Chief's cost-cutting agenda. Board Chairman Ron Bloom proclaimed his support for DeJoy as recently as Wednesday, while the board's other Democrat, Lee Moak, has stayed quiet. Might have to replace them. And Democratic members of the House and Senate Judiciary Committees are asking Amy Coney Barrett to recuse herself from participating in a case involving a conservative nonprofit with ties to a group that gave at least $1 million to fund a national campaign to win Senate confirmation for her nomination. Yeah, so she's going to preside over a case brought by someone who gave her a million bucks. Uh, At her confirmation hearing, Barrett refused to answer questions about whether she would recuse in this particular case, which was then pending before the court, but had not been granted review. At the time, she said it would not be appropriate for me as a judicial nominee to offer an opinion about such an abstract issue or hypotheticals. How is, will you say that you won't rule over a case from someone who gave you a million dollars an abstract hypothetical? But after she was confirmed, the court agreed to review the case, and there was no indication of a Barrett recusal. The case, which is to be argued next week, was brought by the Americans for Prosperity Foundation, created by the Koch brothers. It challenges a California law, similar to those in other states, that requires tax-exempt nonprofits to attach their state tax filing an IRS form that discloses the identity of their large donors. They would like to keep that a secret. And Amy Coney Barrett got a million dollars and would also like to probably keep that a secret. Well, the source, at least. The foundation is seeking broad constitutional ruling that would keep its donor identities secret. The letter sent to Barrett this week was signed by Sheldon Whitehouse, Richard Blumenthal, uh, Representative Hank Johnson Jr., all three are chairman of key judiciary subcommittees charged with court oversight. 
So, yeah, if she doesn't recuse, that's pretty astounding. Now, in other news here, a group of Senate Republicans have outlined their infrastructure plan. Remember when I said, okay, you know, in order to go through the motions of looking like we're being bipartisan, we're going to have to do what we did during the CARES, or not the CARES Act. Is it the CARES Act? The, the American Rescue Plan, excuse me, CARES Act was last year. The American Rescue Plan, where Biden brought in a bunch of Republicans, the Republicans said, we have our own rescue plan. And our rescue plan was $1.9 trillion, and their rescue plan was $600 billion. And I said, yeah, watch. Here's what's going to do. They're going to do this with infrastructure. Uh, Biden's going to invite him to the White House. They're going to come forward with a $600 billion, a third of what we need, uh, infrastructure plan. And it's going to be stupid. And then we can say, hey, we tried bipartisanship, and and then everybody will go home. Well, (laughs) beans come true. Thursday, unveiling a much narrower vision of how to revamp U.S. transportation and broadband, uh, the Republicans brought their plan. It would cost $568 billion dollars. God, I was so close with my $600 billion guess. That's only a fraction of the $2 trillion package Biden is putting forth. It also would not address policies such as care for the elderly and disabled people, which Biden included in his plan, because as we all know, human it's human infrastructure. Human care is human infrastructure. Here's what the Republican outline would set aside. $300 billion for roads and bridges, $65 billion for broadband, $61 billion for public transit, $44 billion for airports, $35 billion for drinking water and wastewater systems, $20 billion for railways, $17 billion for ports and waterways, $14 billion for water storage, $13 billion for safety measures, and that's it. Now, I do have to say, to see the Republicans wanting to spend $600 billion is pretty astounding. Honestly. But no. Too little too late. And uh, we're going to be using, I pretty much give you a 100% beans guarantee that we're going to be using budget reconciliation to pass this one. So we don't need them. But we did our due process. We invited them over. We said, give us your shitty bill. They did. No thanks. Now on to New York. The Manhattan District Attorney's Office announced Wednesday it would no longer prosecute prostitution and unlicensed massage, putting the weight of one of the most high-profile law enforcement offices in the United States behind the growing movement to change the criminal justice system's approach to sex work. Yes! The District Attorney, Cy Vance, asked a judge on Wednesday morning to dismiss 914 open cases involving prostitution and unlicensed massage, along with 5,080 cases in which the charge was loitering for the purposes of prostitution. That law made the latter charge a crime, which has become known as the walking while trans law. It was repealed by New York State in February. The announcement represents a substantive shift in the Manhattan District Attorney's approach to prostitution. Many of the cases Mr. Vance moved to dismiss dated to to the 70s and 80s, when New York waged a war against prostitution in an effort to clean up its image as a center of uh, iniquity and vice. And the New York State Assembly passed a bill Wednesday that would automatically restore voting rights to its incarcerated New Yorkers convicted of felonies once they're released from prison. The bill is now being sent to Cuomo for him to sign. Uh, And if it's signed by Cuomo, the bill would allow formerly incarcerated people convicted of felonies to register to vote and vote in elections at local and state and federal levels. Also in the news, Biden is going to address Congress next week on April 28th to mark his first 100 days in office. It'll be the first time that the two chairs behind the president will be occupied by women. That's the vice president and the Speaker of the House. It was just 14 years ago that Pelosi became the first woman to sit behind there uh, during a congressional address. Biden plans to use this pulpit to discuss police reform and tell Congress that the bar for convicting police officers is too high. 
He is expected to call on Congress to pass the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, in addition to addressing his success with vaccine rollout, the COVID relief plan, and his ambitious jobs and infrastructure bill. Unlike in previous years, a progressive group has decided to deliver a formal response to Biden's first address to a joint session. It's traditional for the opposition party to give the response uh, when, the, when the president delivers a State of the Union or any address to Congress, but it's much less common for a member of the president's own party to deliver a rebuttal. But next week, uh, Rep. Jamal Bowman, Democrat of New York, speaking on behalf of the left-wing Working Families Party, will respond after Biden gives his address. Bowman, a freshman lawmaker who defeated a 16-term Democratic incumbent in a primary in New York City in a district last year, said the response is intended not to be critical of Biden, but rather credit him as appropriate and cue him for what the left wants to see next. This is an example of the progressives pushing Joe to the left. Republican Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina will deliver the GOP response following Joe Biden's address to the joint session. Um, that decision will give Scott the lone black Republican senator, by the way, and the lead Republican negotiator on Congress's policing reforms efforts will give him a prominent national platform from which to speak to the country and counter Biden's message. We'll see what happens. We'll be right back with Amy Carrero and the good news. Stick around. Hey, everybody, it's AG for the beans. After the past year of avoiding the doctor's office, unless it was absolutely necessary, we probably all have something we should see a doctor about. Our health is too important to ignore. So if making a doctor's appointment feels like a chore, try Plush Care. It's here for you. They make it super easy to schedule an appointment and see a doctor even on the same day so I can prioritize my health hassle-free. Plush Care provides virtual doctor appointments through your smartphone or computer. I just pick a time that works, click, click, and I have an appointment. I don't have to sit on hold forever, and I don't have to go visit crowded waiting rooms. With Plush Care, I can be diagnosed treated and even have a prescription sent to my pharmacy if of choice if needed and I, that can all happen within minutes plush care accepts most major insurance carriers it's available in all 50 states and the doctors care they're here to help by discussing treatment options and providing prescriptions as needed and they're available anytime i have questions and if you're having difficulty managing mental health they can help you too so schedule an appointment today to discuss your treatment options i found using plush care to be a pleasant experience very user-friendly very quick and easy uh, I felt immediately comfortable and confident with my doctor. To me, the most important thing is our health, so it's wonderful how simple Plush Care made it to put my health first. Plush Care makes it easier than ever to take care of yourself inside and out. So start your membership today. Go to plushcare.com slash dailybeans to start your free 30-day trial. That's P-L-U-S-H-C-A-R-E dot com slash dailybeans for a free 30-day trial. Plushcare.com slash dailybeans. Everyone, welcome back. It's time for the good news. And it's Friday. That means Amy Carrero is back with us after Yay. a week hiatus. Oh, I know. I was so sad. I was so sad about it. Thursday came and I was called into work and I, the whole day I was like, I'm missing something. I'm missing something. And I was like, I know I'm not recording Daily Beans today. <laughs> it's very sad. But I did get to meet Diane Keaton, which is very cool. And a story I will tell you on another day after the movie has come out. <laughs> ah, yes, good. Yeah, you got to keep that under your hat for now. But do not do not be sad that you were in a movie with Diane Keaton. No, no sadness. That's true. But I did, I did miss my beans, my bean queen. Yeah, and we missed you as well. Glad you're back with us. And uh, we've got a lot of really great submissions, uh, you know, confessions, corrections, good news, uh, what the mutt, all kinds of stuff. So if you have anything you want to submit, you can do that at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. If you want to start a new game, if you have an idea for a new game, 
I'm all ears. You can do that. Again, the website is dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. I'll go ahead and kick us off, Amy. This first one is from Aaron, pronouns she and her. Dear Queens, I want to tell you in the whole world that my strong, smart, valiant daughter will attend Mount Holyoke College in Massachusetts in the fall. Mount Holyoke is the oldest of the Seven Sisters, a group of liberal arts colleges in the Northeast created to provide women with the educational equivalent to the traditionally male Ivy League colleges. Mount Holyoke remains an all-women's college, an inclusive, empowering environment for young women to learn and change the world. Awesome. College admissions... College admissions was a shit show this year. I'm very thankful I had a dear friend from high school to help me guide our family through the sirens, rocks, and land successfully. (laughs) Thanks, Bill. I owe you one. Thank you, Bill, from Aaron. My daughter has no idea what her major will be, but no matter what, she'll be surrounded by excellent teachers, vibrant classmates, and the most beautiful college campus in the nation. We couldn't be prouder. Thank you for filing down the edges of the jagged little pill that is the news and making it easier to swallow with a spoonful of sugary good news. No pet tax, but here's hoping my daughter's English professors teach her not to mix metaphors quite as badly as her mother. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like so emotional about that. Like I, I'm, I'm like have a tear in my eye. How exciting. And I've never heard it put that way. Filing down the edges of the jagged yeah. little pill that is the news. Well, I love that. And congratulations to your daughter. Congratulations to you because no one makes it to college alone. And man, what a cool thing. I love that. Okay, next up, we have Brett, pronouns they, them. Hi, Allison. Hi, Dana. Hi, Amy. Ooh, he used her full name. That is, that is your government name, AG. <laughs> it's quite all right. Um, I, I admire the for- formality. Okay, Brett says, I have a confession. I am an incredibly loud sneezer. <laughs> like, you know your friend who can only speak at one volume? Yeah, honestly, that's me. And that volume <laughs> is somewhere between a lawnmower and the subway brakes. I am that friend, but for sneezing, Today, I was listening to Thursday's Good News segment. Dana was describing pics of the cat Juno, a.k.a. PJ, and the dander and the allergies and the sneezing and the wheezing, and somehow it really got me all at once. (laughs) I sneezed super hard and loud, which made me bite my tongue, which made me shout and swear, ah, chew, ah, shit, ah, fuck, ow. (laughs) My downstairs neighbor overheard it and came running to knock on the door. Apparently, he thought I was having a heart attack or something. When I told him it was only a sneeze, he just about died <laughs> laughing. Anyway, thank you for all that you do. Routine doses of your unique combination of important news, quality interviews, humor, and just good vibes all help to keep me grounded. Looking forward to a world where you all can do live in-person work on the regular again. Oh, oh me too, Brett. Man, that sounds like a dream. Also, Brett, let me tell you something. I live with the loudest sneezer in the world. And (laughs) I got to say, every time... Here's the thing, too, with Tim. He sneezes five times in a row. You know how most people just do, like, two sneezes? If they're lucky, you get a third sneeze. He does five. And so when we're driving, I'm like, open your eyes! (laughs) Because I don't want to crash. So... I'm so sorry, Brett, and I'm glad your neighbor had a good sense of humor about it. <laughs> I, I prefer a loud sneezer to somebody who muffles their sneezes. Every time somebody stifles their sneeze, I get like, it sends chills up my spine that they could be really hurting their ears, right? Like they, Yes. You know, oh, they the baby hold it in. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm like, oh, my God, that's so bad for your ears. Don't do that. And it might not be bad for your ears. That's just something my dad told me. I heard that, too. Uh, but 
uh, and but I still like even if I learned that it was really good for your ears to do that for some reason, I would still cringe every time yeah. it happened because I just have it's just you know in my DNA. Yeah, it just it needs it needs to get out. It needs to get yeah, out. Yeah, and I like to do, like make noises with it, like <laughs> like just whatever. Like I I t- I like to have fun with with sneezes. Have you ever seen a dog sneeze and fart at the same time? Oh yeah, I've, well my cat does it. I don't know if I've seen a oh, dog do man. it. Oh man, I live I live for those moments. I live for them, and they happen so rarely. But <laughs> if anyone has a video of a, a pet sneezing and farting at the same time, oh man, I would pay very good money to see that. And my favorite is my big cat will fart so loud that he will wake himself up, and then he will. <laughs> He will give his own ass side eye, like, <gasps> mm, like, like he's mad at his own butt for waking him up. We've all been there. Uh, the other night, I actually was, wa- you know, going through my time hop thing where it shows you like things you posted a year ago on that yeah. date, and I had a video of him snoring and like dreaming, so his feet were moving. So <sighs> my cat snores really loud, and I'm listening to this video, and my what the the video of my cat snoring woke up my cat. And was and, and like looked at me like like he knew I was laughing at him. Yeah, he knew that you were recording the ca- man. That's that's I that's a very emotional thing that happened there because I wonder if the cat recognized its own snores. The only thing that would have made that moment better is if he farted and then gave like took his mad dog away from me and gave it to his butt. That would be the only thing that would make it better. Obsessed. All right. <laughs> Next up from Michaela or Migs. Hey, Migs. Migs says, pronoun she and her, I have some amazing news. My little sister is an illustrator for children's books. Oh, awesome. While in college, she's in college and working part time. And her latest children's book project, You and Me in the Trees, is written by a Morris Walker who was inspired by her love of the forest to write a poem for her husband and eventually write this book. My sister is an amazing artist and I would feel so grateful if people checked this out and made a small donation or bought the book once it's out because I am more than confident that it will gain enough support for it. The Kickstarter just released with a modest goal to publish and it's already 65% funded. So exciting. It's a sweet story about loving nature, respecting it and living with the natural beauty of the forest we have left. Link to the Kickstarter will be in the listener links for the newsletter. Oh, look at these illustrations. They're beautiful. beautiful. Oh, I love. Oh. They have a nice sort of cool like vintage look to them too, which I really appreciate. Yeah, and they really invoke like a feeling of peace. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, wow, wow. I'm going to need this book. These are lovely. Oh, you and me in the trees. I don't know why I'm so emotional today. I'm like, what am I? What am I? Am I a parent? Um, I'm not. Actually, it's, it's a weird day. Is it a full moon? Uh, okay. Next up, Jesse. He, him. Hello. Hello, friends. I just had a birthday and most of the day was pretty shitty at work, but I had the best birthday surprise I could have hoped for and it really helped me get through the workday. My partner and I have three guinea pigs, two ladies and one fella. Well, a couple months ago, one of the ladies got knocked up and she has been oh so pregnant for the past few weeks. My partner had to start work earlier than I did and I was so tired after several weeks of insanity at work that I decided to sneak in a little extra shut-eye before I absolutely had to get up. Moments after my partner had left the room, she returned with an urgent look on her face, waving for me to come uh, with her. I followed, groggy but curious and a little worried why she would be so urgent she led me over to the piggy pen and my jaw dropped 
a little tiny furry nugget set in the middle of the pen. I now have three birthday buddies. I couldn't have asked for a better birthday gift. Mama's doing well and her babes are already learning the ropes. It has been such a joy to explore them, for them to, watching them explore their their home out in the world. As an addendum, even though the workday was the worst, I was able to have a small celebration afterwards with a little cake and some small company. All in all, the day was a net positive. Hmm. Two photos included as a pet tax, one of the three original piggies and one of me with the newest additions. Thanks for all you do. Cheers. Oh, my. Oh, my God. So tiny. Look at the little fluff. Wait, so they're only, they oh. only just date for like weeks? Oh, wow. Well, they're really small. They are, oh, my gosh. So cute. Look at the piggy face on the one with the nose. Okay. I got the one. That's adorable. So adorable. That's adorable. Thank you, Jesse, for this. This is, And happy birthday. Happy birthday. All right. Next up from Irish Steve. What kind of rap name is Steve? <laughs> Irish Steve here with a small bubbles of good news. Most fabulously, both my parents are halfway to vaxxed and suffered absolutely zero side effects. Yay! I also stumbled across a new favorite movie, <laughs> Death to Smoochie. Oh my God, you never saw Death to Smoochie, so Irish good. Steve? It's a masterpiece. He says, I have no idea how I missed it the first time around, but I'm delighted to have finally found it. Yes, you are. And thirdly, I just recently ramped up my cycling routine and tackled and battered my local wee hill. (laughs) Pictures included show the summit from my window. You may need to zoom in to see it. And from the summit, looking down the valley with a friendly horse. I only wish I'd videoed the breakneck paced descent, furiously fast and scary. Oh, there it is. Wait, this is not a wee summit. Steve. Nope, that's a big summit. That's a big summit. Also, isn't it sad that my first thought when I read Ramped Up My Cycling, I was like, what's your Peloton name? No, Amy, people actually <laughs> bike outdoors. <laughs> oh, man. He's um, like, American. What's your, what's your Peloton name? It's Steve. It's Steve. <laughs> okay. uh, also, look at this very impressive hill I biked. Honestly, biking up anything, any kind of incline. Wow, look, wait, is that a horse? Yeah, it's a horse. Mm-hmm. Whoa, how beautiful. I'm very impressed. I oh, know, I want to visit. I'm impressed on all levels. That's very cool. And also looks so peaceful and lovely. Mm-hmm. Love, love. Okay, next up from Anonymous, pronouns he, him. Dear Beans Queens, I have a misheard song lyric for you. Despite all my rage, I am still just ready to cave. (laughs) I honestly thought this was how the song went until you all started discussing misheard lyrics recently. I heard the song on the radio yesterday, and if I listen, I can hear the real lyrics. But if I'm being honest... I like my version better. The singer is angry, exhausted, and maybe a little unsure what comes next, just like all of us after the last four years. (laughs) Thanks for all of the wonderful shows and for helping me get through the last few years. You ladies have been a bright spot in the darkest times, i.e. the former guy's presidency. I've been a patron for years. It's completely worth it. Love you all. Take care. Amy, my wife and I loved Shira. Thank you. Who doesn't? Everyone loves Shira. Cool. Wait, so what What song? I'm sorry. What song is this? Do you know, AG? <laughs> Despite all my rage, I'm still just a rat in a cage. Oh, you know. okay. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you got it. You know what? Cave sounds fine to me. I, I'll allow it. I mean, I know this isn't Amy's court, but like this, this I will allow. 
Because maybe it's like you could be ready to cage or you could be ready to cave. Like, man, I've just, I've got to give up. Like, this is it. I'm ready to cave. Right. And you can have a little uh in front of ready. Like, I'm still just ready to cave. Like, ready, you know. It can, yes. It can do that. Error. Okay. Uh, uh, Beans Court is in session. Gung, gung. Dun, dun. This is from Beans Mom. Pronouns she and her. Amicus. This is an amicus brief. Amicus Curie for Emily. May it please the court, I would like to file an amicus brief in regards to Friday's case, Emily's money laundering case. I don't know if you heard this one. I think you may have been absent. Amy, I'm, I'm but, a quick study. Let's see. But basically, I'll, I'll just give you a recap here because okay. I, I presided over that case. Okay. Uh, a, a woman uh, said, it's your responsibility to take shit out of your pockets before it goes in the washer. Uh, and apparently the partner didn't, uh, but was the one who put the stuff in the washer, but then left it in the washer for like over a day. Oh, oh And so she no. pulled it out, uh, as she pulled it out of the washer, went through the pockets, found $125 in the pocket oh, and says, it's mine. <gasps> uh, so that's oh, sort of shit. where we're at here. Now, <clears throat> amicus brief, may it please the court, I'd like to file an amicus brief. Emily's money laundering case. <laughs> I like how it's money laundering, literally. <laughs> the facts presented regarding pocket emptying rules and subsequent property claim of any all items left within the pockets is a well-known cohabitation laundry room statute. As a friend of the court, I can attest this federal law is enacted in our home, our offspring's dwellings, as well as in numerous other friends and families' laundry rooms across state lines, federal law. <laughs> While the Honorable DG court ruled for a community property settlement, Due to unknown non-agreement, which would normally be upheld if discovery of evidence was limited to folding the folding stage only, in this case, due to the rules of the load, so to speak, <laughs> this is super precedent. See me v. Hubby, 1995. <laughs> Additionally, it was very generous of Emily to suspend any claims regarding additional violations of leaving soggy, soggy laundry overnight in a washer. And further, Emily acted swiftly to intervene to ensure no mildew impacted mm-hmm. the wash, avoiding mm-hmm. a fender to violate Mother Earth, power, water, etc., via reprocessing the full load. I write this amicus brief to argue the super precedent applies here, and the full soggy $125 goes to <laughs> Emily. Thank you. P.S. Podpet text. Meet our COVID rescue Falcor. Oh. Great name. He's an older gent, and he's a runt for his main breed, which you will guess. Pick's oh. hubby is five foot nine. Uh, hubby is five foot nine, so that pick helps you see Falcor's size, bow tie, Wait. and headshot. Oh, this is a Pyrenees for real. How how is he the runt? He's huge. Because he's a Pyrenees. He's actually a pretty small little Pyrenees oh. guy. Oh my God! How funny! Yeah. Okay, wait. So on the bot. Okay, so is that your lot? Your final guess? Like full py- Pyrenees? Well, this has some mix in it, but I can't really tell exactly what. Okay. Um, I I always these days say Chow Chow because they're in everything. They get around. We say Chow Chows get around. <gasps> They're particularly Randy Bunch. I uh, got a little German Shepherd face, kind of. He does. I don't have know. A let's German see. Shepherd face. Okay. Let's see. Let's see what we've got here. Falco is great roll. Pyrenees. Great Dane, Australian Whoa. cattle dog. There's that chow chow. There's the German <laughs> There's Shepherd. The uh-huh. <gasps> Akita, Samiad. So we'll just say he's a great Pyrenees mix. Wow. <laughs> so you got Hilarious. It. Thanks for the joy you bring. Love my beans, babes. Okay, so I would 
I would not have guessed Great Dane. I would not have either. Not even I wouldn't have a either. little bit. But what a sweetheart. I know. What a um, lovey. First of all, this is like incredibly well written. I feel like. I know. I feel like Bean's mom is uh, a lawyer. an attorney. Yeah. Um, and you know, when you first told me about this case just now, I was like, no, man, that's that's fucked up. Like, you know, OK, like I understand if it's like I understand the rage of like finding like a like a like a like gum like my husband chews that nicotine gum and sometimes he'll put the used gum back in the little packet and leave it in his pocket and then I'll do a wa- I'll do a load of wash and it's just awful so like I understand the rage but I was like dude on 125 like no she, she should give it back but now like I feel like Bean's mom has convinced me yes otherwise. this is a very powerful amicus Power. brief and I I personally have have because what we had ruled was that since this wasn't a precedent because no one had agreed on to the, you know, finders keepers in the pocket rule, uh, that uh, this should be community property based on community property law. Split it, right? Right. That's fair. That is fair. That's fair. However, the rules of the load, the fact that she saved a little bit of the planet by not by, you know, finishing the wash and not having to rewash the load because of yeah. mildew. Uh, and the 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 offense of leaving the wet laundry in the washing machine for more than twenty four hours on his part, yeah. And I mean, and I love her super president, and she cites the case me v hubby nineteen ninety five. So she has a case citation in yeah, here. This, so this means something. This is really well argued, really well thought out, and 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 because of that, and not just the content, but the but the presentation. You know what? I'm going to say you're right. I'm going to say that 125 belongs to her. Me too. God damn it. You're good, Beans Mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to need you, Beans Mom, by the way, to uh, write some stuff for me <laughs> yes. in my divorce hearing. <laughs> That's oh, okay. Damn it. <laughs> she, is, she is a friend of the court. Yeah. Uh, yes, she is. She amicus for real. Well, everybody, thank you so much. This has been super joyful. And these pictures are incredible. The illustrations from that book, uh, just so wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that, Migs. And congratulations to your sister, Erin. Thank you for letting us know. Um, I mean, all about your daughter getting into college at Mount Holyoke. That's so incredible. Just all of these, Brett, oh, great, the pigs, the loud sneezer, the piggies, like just what a great day. And I, I really appreciate all of these submissions. If you have any you want to give. Oh, and I can't forget Irish Steve uh, yep. pedaling down the mountain and and the oh. fact that he just found death to smoochie such an important film <laughs> uh if you want to send anything in you can do that at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact before we get out of here for the weekend amy do you have anything you want to share um i'm so happy to be back i i had a great time doing this movie but i am i am i really longed for my beans and i'm so glad that i'm back the girl's <laughs> back in town Feels good. Do, 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 do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I am very, very happy to have you back. Although, you know, t- truth be told, I am a little spoiled. I get to talk to you whenever I want. You and know? I do send you, I do sneak you pictures of set life too, which is pretty fun. <laughs> I have seen very top secret photos. Uh, that, that that everyone will be able to see soon. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. What if what it would be fun? Like after the movie comes out, I'll send you the behind the scenes. We'll put in the newsletter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, and it's Friday, so you can join if you're a patron. Uh, we'll be having our happy hour Zoom meeting, so everyone you can join us uh, there. That's at 4 p.m. Pacific. 
7 Eastern. I think that's how the math works. And uh, that's for patrons only. So if you want to be a patron and you want to get these shows ad free and you want to get them the night before they come out for as little as $36 a year, three bucks a month, you could do that at dailybeanspod.com as well. Just scroll all the way down to the bottom of the first page or you can go to patreon.com slash the daily beans. Yay. Thank you for your support. Without you, I we I'd be in the red. I would be it would <laughs> it would be bad. It would be hard without you. So thank you so much for supporting us. Uh everyone, until until well, I guess have a great weekend and we'll talk to you Monday. Have and, a great weekend, yeah. Until then, please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of your mental health, and take care of the planet. I've been AG. And I've been Amy Carrero. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is directed, written, and hosted by executive producer Allison Gill and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Audio. Staff writers include Dana Goldberg, Amy Carrero, and Allison Gill. Our copy is written by Jesse Egan, and our marketing manager, executive assistant, and social media director is Kanai. Fact-checking and research by Allison Gill, Dana Goldberg, and Amy Carrero. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder of Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. Hey, everybody, do not miss our Daily Beans After Party on the Stereo app. We'll be going live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Dana and I want to hear from you. Our last stereo show went a little bit like this. What about you, ladies? What are your favorite nonsensical songs? The most weird, bizarre, silly stuff you can think of that you've heard through music. Thank you very much for all you do. Um, Hope you're all well. Talk to you soon. Bye. Oh my God, A.G. I so I have an older gay brother. I don't know if that's relevant to the story, but I feel like it is because he had the B-52s on the record. So it was like, you know, we were into the, has anybody seen a dog dyed dark green, sunglasses and a bonnet, designer jeans with <laughs> appliques on it. You're like, what? Keeps the rain like, I'm like, how many drugs was that person on? Uh, nonsensical songs. You're so much better at this than I am. So you go first because I bet you've already thought of one and I'll try and think of one. Um, my favorite nonsensical songs come from They Might Be Giants, for example. Oh, yes. Boat of Car is really good. And then, of course, I'm going down to Cowtown. A cow's a friend to me. Lives beneath the ocean. That's where I will be beneath the waves, the waves. And that's where I will be. I'm going to see the cow beneath the sea. Yeah. There you go. No. Although were they talk what was he whale watching? Is it really that obscure? <laughs> you won't answer any questions about their lyrics. I, I've asked multiple times. Oh my uh, god. The best I, I love I love their Oh, go ahead, go ahead. The best I can get out of them is the explanation of uh, Birdhouse in Your Soul, which we already yeah. knew, right? Right. So. Not to put too fine a point on it. Say I'm only being your bonnet. Yeah, it's a song from the point of view. Uh, song from the point of view of a, a bluebird nightlight in the bathroom. Yeah. Yep. yeah, I love that song. It's one of my favorite ones.